most of us in the Who Do You Like Here studio. I'm Joey Stats. I got Cino. We got the kid. I'm from, uh, where am I at? COVID corner? COVID, COVID corner. basement? <laughs> I don't know. I am in a bunker somewhere. They got me in some kind of bunker. But welcome back. It's championship week. Fresh off of our dominance of our doing golf outing. We are back. We're going to the KY Downs for a full card. Full of steak, steak races all day long on Saturday. Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. How are we? Man, not the same when you're not in the studio, I'll tell you that. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> That's why it's not the same. <laughs> I, got I, my, I, I got normally my don't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> I got my war room going. I got the 75-inch over here. I've got my 40-inch monitor over here. I got two laptops going. It's it's, uh, it's a nice little thing. Nice gonna little watch, thing some, going on here. watch some Remington and some Monday Night Football. Remington's going off tonight? I have no idea. That show, that stats is track. Like, oh, Remington's going on. <laughs> what? I don't usually start dabbling in Remington until about October. I got a four weeks to go. Well, you're earlier once on everything getting, else, so, you know. Once, once, it starts, <laughs> <laughs> once it starts getting dark at about 7.15, then it's Remington time. So in the bunker you're in, it's dark all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, it's going to be rough. I mean, thankfully everyone's doing okay, but but you know, with both both the gals with COVID, I'm uh, I got I got to live down here. Hanging out on COVID way, sweet nineteen. <laughs> That's like E. Thank God, there's thank God. It's like E nine because the basement levels are always E. So <laughs> down in the basement. Do you think God? It's uh, there's football tonight because otherwise it would suck. Yeah, but. It's going to be back with you guys. We had a fun weekend. Good to uh, dominate the links with y'all. Yeah, real championship week, I feel like. Great round. Back to back. Back to back, bitches. Making it rain on those dinner plate greens. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it was a fun round. I think we I think we definitely could have got a couple more strokes on that yeah. front, though. We could have I was set very, the course very record. angry with the front nine. We could have set the course record. Yeah. I think we could have. We probably could have. Uh, Scramble-wise, obviously, but... If we pull the pin... We're we're sitting really good. At Pull third. a tiger. Where's the tee? And what's the course record? <laughs> Where's the first tee? And what's the course record? Uh, yeah, no one. Uh, that was year thirty-five. No one's ever won it three years in a row. It'll be next year. Yeah, that'll Who be. Who do you the, like here? The true test. It'll be the test. Throwing darts all day was fun. New. Uh, I mean, the only downside of that tournament is it takes for for goddamn ever. I mean, we got there at ten. I didn't get home till like quarter after nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a late one. Yeah, uh, every year, and I, I don't think uh, that turn normally you get that turn for the you know individual plays coming out for the the back nine. It didn't seem that long this year, and we were. I mean, we I knew we were like later in mid pack. I mean, we were sitting two off the lead, so mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like last year. It felt like we sat for like three hours. Yeah, well, and this year it was a little more disorganized. It took forever to get through all the door prizes, and yeah. suspect all that scores. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for the for yeah. uh, for our <laughs> listeners out there, uh, three teams tied for the leads. We had one playoff hole, two strokes, At minus five, closest to uh-huh. the pin, and two shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kid who I got to say, kid, it, it, it you were like playing well, but not the normal you. Until I mean, the, the last greens, hole, the, the greens playoff. are literally like it's a cracker. I mean, it's yeah, a fucking it's, I mean, it's cracker. It's very small. Yeah, I mean. Joe was the one that was throwing darts pretty much all day, but we did use a couple of mine, um, my my tee shots because I did stick the green on that one long putt that Joe made, and then basically that last hole was pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah, but that that last hole sticking the green really, yeah. really, really screwed everybody else up. They were done. 
Yeah. So couldn't handle the pressure. The one team had four guys go OB. Like, yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah, and they're minus five. Yeah. And those Weird. guys are supposed to go up to, yeah. on pace for minus ten. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> sure. Sure yeah. they sure they were. Yeah, they were throwing darts seven, all day. Yeah. I hit seven pick fives today. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or not. I'm not sure if you saw. <laughs> That's great that uh that Steph think the uh the winning putt there just Yeah. Yeah. Team effort. It was nice. Everybody around. got a, a birdie and um yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. Got the jackets, got the trophy, and then we'll bring it back next year and repeat, and then they might throw us out of the tournament for winning too many times. Yeah, we're going to have to put that trophy in some uh, who-do-you-like-here activities <laughs> over the course of the next year. If you don't think that Giant Cup's good, is, if you think it's not going to be at the Breeders' Cup, come on, man. Come on. Come on, bro. <laughs> Ship that out. Carry it around. Come on. They'll hold all our on, winning bro. tickets. Yeah, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Or at least, all of, at least all of our tickets. Yeah shredded or yeah potentially <laughs> yeah that big ass cup car probably could fit all the losers that we probably had that day but yeah so good time with the tournament though yeah for sure and um on a better even even better note um we did hit the last pick five that we played for yes the saratoga card closed out saratoga on a positive note yep yep Thanks to Joel Rosario, Warlake Goddess. Yeah, thanks to the worst ride you'll ah, ever see. I don't Joel. think it was as bad. It was a horrible ride. I don't think it was as bad as people want to make it out to be. Uh, okay, so this horse, let's let's explain the scenario. If you didn't watch, which I'm sure you did, and I'm sure you saw <laughs> and feel the same exact way I do. Joel Rosario on the best horse in the field. By far the best horse. I don't care I'll what anybody says, it's the best horse. He put this horse dead last in between two horses, had to weave through traffic and didn't decide to move until after the final turn. I don't think he had a lot of, didn't have a lot of opportunities. What do you mean? Didn't have a lot of opportunities. The He's pace, the it was a, it was a crawling pace. It was uh what was it? 51, almost 52. 119. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that you're, you know that I red's crawling on the front, you know, he's going to have a ton of horse. Why in the world would you not move this horse faster or sooner? Why would you do? Why would you wait till literally you're after the turn? Like not even, not even like at the tail end of the turn. After the turn, while you're hitting the straight, I guess that's where you decide. Ask, and you ask lose him when he head. comes on the podcast. Yeah, he's not coming on the podcast. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. He yeah, won't he come on the podcast. Yeah, he will. No, he won't. And I don't. Honestly, I, that would be the first question I would ask him. Is what, what happened on Warlike? Goddess? What was that ride that you gave Warlike Goddess? And what was the 15, 20 other rides you gave on Joel Kristoff Connection horses? Oh man, all uh, season stats help me out here. Bail me out. You see, when you're not in the it studio, was a horrible the kid ride. Goes, kid, it was a horrible ride. Kids going wild, man. He's horrible. I'm the wrong guy to ask about that race right now. <laughs> well, no, no. He asked you. Go ahead, give your opinion. Trash, steaming pilot, steaming pilot shit. It was dog shit. Like I mean, like I understand if you get a bad trip. I understand he's a Eclipse award winning jockey. How in the world does it uh, like compute in his head that that was when you need to like like why didn't the radar go off and say like hey I should be probably moving this horse at the turn knowing that I have a shit ton of horse left on the stretch knowing that I should win this race because I have the best horse in the field like what. I, I'm like almost. I'm at a loss for words. It was the worst ride I've ever seen him give. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen some shit, and that I was, have seen, I have some, seen shit. some shit. But that was like <laughs> it was a very very poorly ridden race for Joel and 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 Bill Mott even said the same thing. Vietnam? No, Grenada. <laughs> Grenada. Was that like a day? <laughs> <laughs> give me the old licky licky and then fry your banana. All right. I I don't think that was that bad of a ride, but Bill Mott. Was on the same train as everybody else. I didn't. I didn't see the post commentary. Yeah, he uh, he said 
he didn't. He said, "What did he? How did he word it?" Basically, yeah. he said he gave. If the you're going to quote it, quote it correct. He said he basically <laughs> he could have given the horse a chance to start passing horses, and he didn't take the opportunity to do it. Okay, so I think, uh, yeah, I think old Billy Boyd didn't like that ride as well. But whatever, be that as it may, you know. See if he gets them out next time. I doubt that he will. Ooh, okay, <laughs> I would put money on it actually. Well, at least we still cash the uh, the pick but five. Yeah, it was. If you took the three that set the slowest fractions in world history, was able to hold on. You get a fucking faster pace at the harness races. <laughs> <laughs> Tipping three wide, and those jockeys are like two hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, fat ass Richie Blonde, <laughs> one of the, my favorite jockeys out there at the Buffalo Raceway. You got a two hundred fifty pound jockey ago. sitting in a golf cart behind you. That Guy's you're eating a burger. The track. In, he's eating a burger while he's racing. Like I, I can see him getting fatter. Yeah, and the, the yeah. pace was still faster there than it was in whatever that race was just. But hey, we did cash. So yeah, money's good call. Money. Yeah, money's money. Pod, podcast too, you're hey, right. That's true. And we also had uh, a couple listeners with uh, reporting. First time pick five winners. Yeah, pick that's five winners. that's the best part about anything we do is getting the the tweets back on social mm-hmm. media when people follow along, play along, make some additions on their their already tickets or the one guy played the exact the same exact ticket. ticket. Yeah, yeah I think he added to he spread in the race with Warlike Goddess. Yep. Thank God had the three as well with Irad, and then he added. I think one was it stats was it one more horse he added. I think in one of the spread races. Uh, yeah, I'm pulling it right now. Yeah, I think he added the eighth in the fourth leg. <clears throat> I think that's what it was. But nonetheless, uh, I love getting the notifications and uh, and seeing people cash. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that big. I mean, some some tickets can be bigger, some can be smaller. It was like a two hundred dollar ticket, just over two hundred dollar ticket. But I mean, cash for nine hundred bucks, yeah, almost a G. You know, and if Warlike Goddess yeah, wins that yeah. race, he doesn't cash that much. So I right, guess, you know, the three really did make that that because there was so much money on Warlike Goddess. Too, that helped. So definitely yeah, helped. It did. It definitely did. I was hoping we'd get a, get these guys a couple extra prices, but it was um, Roth was at our Lopez 91, hit the ticket. He had two extra horses and, and hit it. We had M kegs, little crypto kegs. Yeah. Kegs. Hit the pick five with us. Long time listener. Long time listener there. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's just, it's, I love just getting the, uh, the I think feedback. He, said he was that wearing his gear too all day. Yeah. He was he wearing had, the hat all day for sure. On, so, I mean, he, he had the good vibes rolling all, yeah. uh, all day. Well, make sure he's wearing it this week. We're going to crush Kentucky Downs. I sure hope so. <laughs> I I feel like Kentucky Downs is literally just close your eyes, throw a dart, and that's probably what a horse is going to win. Well, I don't know who told you how I handicapped there, but I don't appreciate you telling everybody <laughs> my process. Uh, <laughs> the I literally lay down the all the numbers, and I let the dog go up. Whichever one he goes up <laughs> to first. Put a treat on each yeah, one. Which one whichever one he goes first. up to first is the horse I play on top, and then I spread behind. Yeah. That's not a bad option. That, honestly, it's probably just as good of a solution to some of these races. But Although this week is a little more interesting. A lot of stakes races. A lot of graded uh, stakes races here. Some interesting horses, too. And I feel like Kentucky Downs, because the track is so funky, that it you know that plays a factor in it as well. So you might be getting prices all day. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... Some of these chocks aren't really... I'm not convinced, let's say, running at at this course than if they were running at the Churchill, Keeneland, Saratoga, straight normal oval. Right. Right. With the undulations and the big uh, the big dipper that you got to go around, yeah. uphill, Up downhill. Over, down. It's like a fucking right. steeplechase. Yeah. Jump over the fence. Heavy grass, light grass, chug a grass, beer. soft yeah. grass. It's all kinds just, of shit you yeah. got to do to win that race. It doesn't really matter. It's just <laughs> basically somebody's backyard. They put this track in somebody's <laughs> yeah. backyard. Yeah. The guy that was cutting the oval was like drunk off his ass and like fell asleep at the wheels. Like, oh shit, made that hard laugh. <laughs> Should I fix it? Nah, it's Kentucky Downs. Nah, can't do it, man. It's too late. 
We'll call it the Downs. We'll just call it yeah, KY Downs. <laughs> um, the best best. Word. The other the other thing that happened was the race at Flightline. Oh yeah, day. yeah. What a freak! An absolute freak! Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Probably. I mean, this is a. I think I put it on the, the Twitter. It's like a generational horse. Mm-hmm. You may never see a horse of that caliber again. You know, um, if you saw Secretariat, that's one. There's tons of horses you could talk about that were good horses at the distance mm-hmm. as good as he was at a mile and a quarter. Just, yeah. And he wasn't beating bad horses in that race. Mm. Nah, I mean, it wasn't a top echelon. I, that I think I you're looking at when you're talking about the classic coming yeah, up, the breeders cup. I think, uh, yeah, I guess I would like to see a heavier class. Cause I mean, yeah, that horse is the best, like, but breeders cup is going to be great. Yeah. The horsing, that's going to be the true test. I think it's still like from what I saw and what we all saw, I think that horse is, probably gonna win if it performs like that it's gonna be very hard if to it beat, runs like that now now we're getting the conversations of like oh maybe life is good should go to the the breeze cup dirt mile instead of going in the classic like i want to see life is good go against flight line okay i gotta I hy- see it too i, I want to see it too i got a hypothetical i'm gonna start with you stats let me ask you this so if that matchup does come up do you see that more how, well how do you see it because me personally I'm on that verge of like secretariat sham comparison mm-hmm. uh, to where you've got probably the best horse that, like I said, that we've seen probably generational horse going against one of the best milers. And I've said this before on the podcast, the best miler in the business uh, with life is good. And what he's been able to do. Sham was no joke. You know, Sham's got the, the second fastest Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Sham was secret- born in the wrong year. Behind Secretariat, right? We've said that about a number of horses. So how do you, how do you see that if they were to match up in, in the, the classic this year? Um, I would say I'd like to see the rest of the field. I mean, in in, in your in our mind's eye with the recency bias, it's like you're gonna see a match race and it's gonna be exciting coming down the stretch. Yeah. But who knows? Give me the give me this all star lineup first and then we can we can paint the picture. Yeah, because I think you're also gonna get some some other like there really wasn't that big of a test from a speed yeah perspective where in the classic you're Correct. gonna you're gonna definitely get that i'm also really gonna get more than five horses to race against too which is nice correct yeah. you know i think uh and when you add the more horses you add the more obviously the chances go down for each horse that's gonna win but you also get those horses that go out there and will screw up the race too you know yeah. like Correct. well my best chance to win this race is to burn out flight line and just hopefully have more horse down the stretch or my best chance which is probably to, impossible know, to do right it's probably impossible but you know you still go up there and push or you still do or what happens if he gets a trouble trip he doesn't break well and then get stuck behind a group of horses that you know who knows anything can happen or maybe that's a true test you know it's maybe like, everybody else is just running for a second yeah they're just running their race against everybody else but flight line right and that's the other thing. yeah i mean flight line from the way it looked i mean it, it seemed like you could put flight line against anybody i mean <laughs> yeah. any horse even in history it, it would still compete you yeah. know it just seemed like it was that good but again you know it's like okay who'd you go against and there are five horses but i mean you still can't even can't even come close to saying that horse isn't legit because that horse, I mean, eight furlongs is amazing. Ten furlongs was just one of the fastest speed, well, fastest speed figure I've ever seen. In a lot, it's the best horse I've ever <laughs> yeah, seen like, in my yeah. life that I've been watching horse racing. It's the best horse I've seen ever. So, yeah, what was it? Top, what were we talking about? It was like top six. All yeah, time. I think top six. Top, yeah, ridiculous. 
just yeah it's just it's pretty insane and horse is a beast the one thing i keep going back to is like i wish we would have saw this horse in the derby i wish it didn't get hurt and have to take the time off and then the what ifs like forever i mean for sure like i mean you're looking at that horse you're like triple crown you know infamous you know famous forever and it's just like you know that's that's what i wish we could have seen i don't know if you caught it but they were going to john sadler for the interview post race flavian's on his way back trotting back and they caught up with John, and and he had just realized that they missed the track record by whatever it was a hundredth, yeah, ten hundredths of a second or whatever. <clears throat> he looked a little upset that they didn't get the track record. Yeah, honestly, he just kind of looked like like he was. You could, I wasn't like angry, but he was like, he was like, damn, because I mean, yeah, Flavian geared down. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he just, just hand run, rode, you know? yeah, yeah, and didn't ask for anything. The last, you know. It was funny too. Mile. If you see Flavian, like when you see Flavian race, like he never, like he honestly looks like even after he gets off the horse, it looks like he's pissed off all the time unless he's talking right. to an owner. But he was smiling coming down the stretch just because how easy the race was. You know, it's just the like, classic, yeah, Turcotte uh, yeah. looking back to see where the field yeah, was. Yeah, you just see him like, and you just see him and like <laughs> I saw a picture. He was just sitting there smiling as he's just like easing flight line to go through the finish line. Just, just like, too easy. you know, it's just that's the type of horse it is, you know, too easy. Definitely a generational horse, and I can't wait for Breeders' Cup because I want to see what this horse is really made out of. It's going to be your favorite, no doubt. What do you think the morning line would be, even with if uh, even if life has good races? Oh man, e- even even in the caliper, he's going to go against. <sighs> man, even money at best. I was going to say at best. Four to five. What if he doesn't hit the board, dude? I, that, that's why I was asking. That's the rationale. <laughs> There's, I will um, say this: There's no way there's going to be a ticket without him on my somewhere in the exotics. Well, what do you guys think about this? What What if there's an unseasonably cool November in Kentucky and it's like forty degrees? Do you he think win. it has an impact? No, I think he wins by twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, the uh, only thing that I think would be a difference is that, like, you know, speed tracks in California. That's what it favors. You know, it favors the horse that can get to the front. And, right keep running um at keeneland we saw it kind of both ways last year or this past year we saw it where speed was holding like crazy and then we just saw absolute deep closers i think it was like uh, maybe speed on turf and then dirt was closers i think if i have I that think correct. you're correct i think i might be correct on that i don't don't fact check me if you want i don't care but i think that's the way it played out so it's like um you know maybe it sets up for somebody a little bit better in keeneland i don't know but that horse is going to be tough to beat. I just, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get anything from weather-wise or temperature-wise that's really yeah. going to harbor this it, this horse. From it honestly, so the Breeders' Cup, it honestly might be just a race that I watch and I don't even bet. The classic? The classic. I just I might just watch the race and just take in the race because even if, because I, I think I'd go flight line, you know, and if flight line wins, it's going to pay dick anyway. And then if he doesn't win... You know, and life is good wins, and I, you know, I win that way too, or something. You know, I would say I would def I wouldn't play any verticals because it's not gonna, it's not worth anything at that point with the probably where you're gonna look at where the odds are gonna be. But I would definitely put flight line as my as my key in any horizontals if I'm doing a pick five mm-hmm. on Breeders' Cup day. Ballsy, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is about as confident. I mean, I've been confident on a few classics. Let's hold let's hold that back for a little talk, maybe in another four to five weeks, but we'll yeah. see. I mean, that's almost as confident as I was in that ride that Joel was about to give or like Goddess on Saturday, but uh, we saw how that, you know, turned out. So wasn't a bad ride. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. 
You expect the perfect ride, you know. But uh, yeah, Regal Glory. I mean, how many times do you want to talk about horses that we thought were going to have those great trips? And what I mean, gear jockey, <laughs> a bond. Uh, the question is too. Uh, uh, Kentucky Downs um, Gafo is running, and I've, I'm very curious to see if Joel actually gives this horse another perfect ride, or if we see a Joel special at K- KY Downs. But we'll get to that later. But I just thought it was interesting. Very. I'll let stats handle. Joe, are, that are, <laughs> are you as are you as confident in seeing uh, Flightline in as me dominating you in fantasy football this week? It hasn't even started. The shit talking started, <laughs> but the game hasn't started. The shit talking started pretty much after the draft was had. I think it's bullshit that they the- changed the schedule because I was supposed to play another owner, and then all of a sudden I'm like, all of a sudden I'm playing stats. I'm like, that's bullshit. I don't want to play you week one. What? You yes. get it out early, start- and then you guys can enjoy football. And we're in the same division. The division. No, we'll start so with trash. a tie. You guys division. We'll start, with the- <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with a tie like we did last year. That's so <laughs> stupid. That would be pretty funny, actually. Really should have fractional it, points. We, it happened last year. Yeah, and it screwed both of us in the playoffs. <laughs> Not ideal. Yeah, your guys' division is a little soft, in my opinion. But Oh, my God. Get out of here. Get out of here. I've got one of the toughest. I've got one of the toughest divisions this year. First off, we're both Joe and I are both in it. So obviously that's it's why one of the it's, toughest that's what I'm divisions. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying it's soft. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> no, but honestly, I, I mean didn't you though? play a team that didn't even set their lineup one week? Uh, no, yeah. we yeah. all no, we all yeah. played that team. Yeah. And he decided to start his lineup against certain people. Yeah, against me, he set yeah. his lineup. And he still like, lost. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. If he I lost. still made the playoffs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. No, I won that. Dude, my my division is very difficult though. You guys can't even. You guys can't even say it wasn't. Is cats in your division? Cats, Shim, myself, and maybe Rob. No, isn't one guy starting? Isn't one guy starting James Thrash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's the kid. <laughs> that's my lineup. Yeah, it's, it's it, for you. It's the toughest division because your team sucks. Dude, that's um, I mean, I, I don't want to flaunt it or anything. Oh you know, man, but I did make it farther than both. I don't know if you guys know it's a horse racing podcast, up. not fantasy football. Well, you know, you guys opened up a can of worms. I did not. Hey man, stats. Did. <laughs> hey, hey, Jess, do you want to kiss our rings real quick before we start? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just tell me where to sign, bud. <laughs> right on my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got Tiger Blood, uh, Tiger Blood, uh, Shimmy, and uh, Richard. Oh, yeah. No. Nah, I should probably. You got an easy. You got the easy. Shimmy's team is good, though. But, all right, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Your guys' division. How is many times is your team name on the trophy? I picked up later than you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so right. This is this is your fourth year. Yeah, fourth year. I made the playoffs three out of the four times. I think I missed the playoffs once. Mm. Did you ever go on a nine-year run of making the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, I've only been in for four years. <laughs> no, so yeah. so, <laughs> so uh, no. So uh, mathematically, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mathematically, yeah. talk to me when you make every year and win twice. Well, it might not be the, this. It might be the reign of terror might be over, my friend. You guys go against each other, the two of the top teams in the league. Yeah, we're, we were in the same division last year, though, and we finished out fine. We both made the yeah. playoffs, which is probably going to be again this year. I just really want that uh, that money for that division win, Joe, so you can, Stats, you can throw that at me anytime you want. That tie was such bullshit, too. <laughs> yeah, you should have lost. No, you should have lost. No, you're, <laughs> you, you got in on a fumble. Fumble. You won a fumble. I didn't win on a fumble. I tied on a fumble. You avoided a loss on a fumble. Bro, de- de- defense we'll, wins we'll, championships. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. 
You guys are stupid. All right. Um, let's, um, let's go to Kentucky. Let's get to Kentucky. All right. It's time to handicap. So we're going to do the late pick five at Kentucky Downs for Saturday. Joe, can you start both kickers this week? <laughs> I'm going to bench my kicker. I don't, even need, I don't even need a kicker this week. Uh, oh. Goddamn. Oh, I'll never let God you let that misclick down. That misclick. I hope your kicker blows the ACL. I hope he goes uh, Grammatica. I know. I hope I have to pick one up. That'll be the best. Do you want to refresh the fans on what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, anybody that plays fantasy football knows that defenses and kickers are always like your last two picks, unless you get like top defense and maybe top kicker. But other than that, they're really obsolete. You don't really need them until the last two picks. Well, usually we all just take one of each, and uh, Joe's strategy was, uh, yeah, I'll take two kickers this year. <laughs> I'll take two kickers this year instead yeah. of just one. Uh, yeah, just, you know, may, may or may have not costed himself a decent pick on whatever draft hey, pick that was. But. For the for the goddamn record, that was a fucking misclick. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that was that's strategy. not strategy. That's not strategy. <laughs> so I got, I, I'm, I'm switching guy, up a little I, bit. Let me draft two kickers. I, I'm not the guy that drafted quarterbacks in back-to-back rounds. <laughs> that's true. I'm not that fucking guy. Yeah. Or three tight I, ends. I, I didn't, or three tight ends in four rounds. <laughs> I didn't go Mahomes Rogers to open the draft. Like, yeah, that's true. That, that is true. true. That's a douche move. All right, moving on. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for Debo to have an ACL. Huh? <laughs> no, no. Oh God, no. Oh God. All right, Kentucky Downs race eight, starting off this pick five. It's a mile. It is the Grade Three Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf Stakes, purse of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for fillies and mares, three years old and upwards. Listen, it's Kentucky Downs. It's going to be challenging. I'm looking forward to this pick five because I think there could be some prices here. But there are also some chalks that are going to be tough. I'm going to take the eight in this race, which is Princess Grace. This is Florent Giroux for Michael Stidham. Get a little bit of cutback and distance here. Horse has been out three times. It'll win in a second. One of those uh, wins here for him was the uh, grade three at Parks. Now, a couple things that I'm looking in this race is that, first off, the jockey trainer combination is three for three hitting the board. So they are, they're constantly hitting the board with this horse. They have uh, one of the winners that they have, because uh, they had a win and a second and a third, I believe. One of the winners is this horse <laughs> that they just had uh, not too recently here back on uh, July 12th in that grade three race that I mentioned. So for some reason, like the combination with Stidham and Giroux with this horse works phenomenal. I mean, the horse had 12 starts, seven wins, 11 times in the money consistently for the place. The one time it didn't finish was in the grade three, really like a weird trip. If you ask me um, back on the Lasix for that, and that was over in Monmouth. And uh, I'm just going to say Monmouth is Monmouth and leave it at that. But that grade three just didn't show up, but it's been pretty consistent all of last year. And two most recent starts are kind of right where I'd like to see it in the, uh, the Beverly D as well it was a pretty good race. Just got caught by another horse in this race, but I'm going to go with where I see. And like, I think I was mentioning here, earlier kind of where i see the biases and uh, we were talking you know prior to coming on uh for the podcast here is that for the for the distances you you kind of want to come off the pace and this is one that is going to be near the front but definitely has the late kick to be able to go ahead and close it out so i don't think you're going to see florent to the front there's some other speed outside so hopefully sit in second third and make that strong uh driving kick to wins i'll take princess grace Okay, yeah, that's on my ticket as well. Um, I there were, so there are two chalks in this race. I think that are both of them are yeah. 
I mean, it's a coin flip between the two. Last race, it came up just between these two. Um, and the other one is Delica. I think Delica is also a very interesting play here. I mean, you're dropping down from a grade one. You ran your highest speed figure last time out, beat Princess Grace in a very similar race. Now you're dropping down to a grade three. I think that uh, those are the top two horses in this field. I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see either one win. Um, this horse is... I mean, statistically, it does better on the front end, right? So this horse does yeah. the best work on the front. I think it's going to push the fractions, uh, you know, and you're shortening up in distance a little bit. So, you know, you ran a mile and an eighth last time. Now you're going back down to a mile. And uh, I think that it just bodes well for a horse that's going to be in the front. So maybe has a little bit more, a uh, little bit more energy coming down the stretch. This horse is one, uh, win, well, two times on the track at Kentucky Downs, won one of the races and then came in second. So hit the board both times. It's got a good start there. Um, and Brian Hernandez has been doing very well this year. He's had a great year, um, and especially when he teams up with Al Stahl. So I think that this horse, I would not be surprised to see win either. But I like I like Delica and I like Princess Grace. Is my Hard to get away from this year. Yep. Yeah. Stats for you. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the chalky end of it. I'm going to slide uh, a little Emma Jane Wilson in on yep. this action on the four ladies fight steer. Um, Coming off of what Trillium Grade Three, um, the speed figure is 88. But you know what? At the time on it was pretty decent. If I go back two races back at the at the Nassau mm-hmm. Grade Two, um, was able to go right to the front, hold it all the way through, and post a pretty impressive 132. Um, that was a full full second faster, a couple seconds faster than Princess Grace's last mile. So I think the time is there, and I think the late speed and the lungs are there at the back end. Um, if you look at average late speed figures um, on this four, I think this we might be able to get a price and we might be able to uh, get some action keeping this four on the ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like Lady Spice figure too. I thought, uh, just like you said, you know, this horse, um, and then I saw like at a mile on turf, and this horse went to the front, held it the entire time, and posted its highest speed figure. So they found the solution there. And then they went, to, for whatever reason, they went to the. I mean, Maybe it was just the condition or whatever, but then they went to the all weather and it's still one of the all weather, but obviously did way better on the turf. So, um, I like it. I like yeah. the pick a lot. I think the horse to the inside, um, three Hendy Woods with Julian Laparu. Yeah. That's a question like mark that. for me. Um, Julian number one has been riding really well. He's, he's found something on this turf and we're back in Kentucky where he does really well. Um, but this horse posted its highest speed figure last time out on turf, with Florent on, no, I mean, so that kind of bodes to your pick a little bit more. Obviously, he chose the mount that he got, but uh, posting his high speed figure at 102, it's one for one at the track. Um, it's got a very, very solid speed rating on turf. Um, good pedigree out of Uncle Mo with Julian Laparu. Mark Cassie does very well on turf. So, this was the one that I thought possibly had a chance to maybe surprise the group. I don't know about winning, but definitely, I think, uh, hitting the board for sure. I only downgraded Hedy Wiz just for the fact that. The combination for Laparu and, and Marcassi, they don't team up that often. Mm-hmm. But the big thing for me here is that, yeah, it's it's going over 60 days away here. Uh, I think that last race, actually, the $100,000 non-graded stakes race kind of took something out of that horse a little bit. They need to give it a little more time. Now, the works kind of support it, though, back on September 3rd. I will say that 48-1 and one says the time off was needed. Um, had they run this race, you know, 30 days ago, just 30 days away, I'd be more apt to probably downgrade it more Mm -hmm. but the work does support what you're saying a little bit i had a bomb from the outside that i think listen henry and atop him the 10 with gage holmes this one for some reason tremendous jump up in class here right it's been running broke its maiden for thirty four thousand, along with 36 thousand condition and then an on graded stakes but the ones at the mile the the times were decent 
and the speed figures just keep improving and the horse just gets better. And it comes off a September 1st uh, workout for furlongs in 48, second best out of 42. The horse is really tactical. And that's what I really like is the horse can come off the pace and go to the front. It's been in bigger fields, seven, nine, 11. It's going on three wins in a row. And the jockey trainer combination is two for two, three for three, technically on this horse alone. So yeah, Jeff Mulcahy may not have a lot in his barn going on right now, but I'll tell you the one th- the thing that he does have is this horse that could definitely be moving late and uh, can be up close if it needs to. So I kind of like that, uh, that option at 20 to one. Yeah. It'll definitely be, I mean, third for sure you know i think you can't leave it off the exo- you know the horizontals yeah or the possibly I mean, second it's gonna be tough to beat any of the favorites there but yeah yeah stats you have anything to add on yeah. any other wild cards if i was gonna sprinkle in some some uh vertical bets i'll take a look at the five flipping um mm-hmm. i really like the late speed figure coming um it, it's been hanging maybe some of the fastest late speed the fastest turn of foot that we've seen a little bit and if you go back to that mile and 16th race in july um, he closed and almost almost it went dead heat with Henry Woods. So I think there's some talent here. Uh, I'm coming down the stretch out of this five, so I may have him in some verticals. Yeah, uh, Bayerano's been quieter than normal. I, son of a bitch is ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of like quiet. And usually this is the time when you start hearing Raphael uh, getting hollered at a lot more with a, a lot more wins. But yeah, if you like. Hendy Woods, you got to like flipping through the fact that it was a dead heat too back there in the uh, Indiana General Assembly distaff stakes at a mile on the 16th. So kind of interesting. It's it's actually an interesting yeah. race from the vertical side of it. I think the, the top two are there, but there are some price plays underneath. You could definitely get paid on as four always. with the one eight four with the one eight with the three, five, seven, ten. Boom. Book it. Boom. That, <laughs> I like that. All the money. All right. Yeah. All the money. All the money. All the money. Let's go out of the ninth. Six furlongs. Uh, this is the grade two FanDuel Turf Sprint Stakes. It's a purse of a million dollars for three year olds and upwards. Uh, as we go on in this card, as we go on in this card, it gets harder and harder to start picking singles or possible she singles. I will tell you, I am hoping that the 13 actually gets on board here. Artemis City Limits. I know he's on the also eligible yeah. here. I am hoping I this horse gets the opportunity. It is just in such good form. Workouts are very, very consistent. I think Mike Maker's got this one primed and ready to go for a graded stakes uh, with Tyler Gaffleone. So I'm hoping if it is, it's probably one of my favorite horses to play on the day. They got it listed at 12 to one. I don't see Maker Tyler going off that high at Kentucky Downs the way Tyler's been running, especially for Maker the way he's been going. So that will be my pick. I'm going to make that my pick. Um, I just like everything about what I'm seeing here from a form perspective, from a distance perspective, just every angle I could possibly look at from a class perspective. I, it's the biggest jump. That's the only downside is, is the class, but everything else, just the way the horse runs and wins and fights as hard as it does uh, throughout every race. I, I just would have to go to, I would have to go to this horse at least for the money play and hopefully it's in which one. Artemis City Limits. Oh, Artemis City. 13. Okay, yeah. It's only also eligible, but, you know, it only takes one opportunity to get this horse in. So, since that horse, as of right now, isn't running, who are you taking? Well, I think it, I actually think it will because, I'll, I'll go back here. I don't know if this is the race or not. Let me just double check. Because there was a horse that was listed that I think is not going to actually run. Um... Now, it's the next race that actually there's a horse that's listening here that probably isn't going to run. Uh, 
if I'm going off the also eligibles, I'll take Arzak. The five would be my second choice or my top choice if if the 13's not in. Okay, um, that'd be Arzak. There's a, here's another one for Michael Trombetta that I think this is another grindy kind of horse. They had him on synthetic here uh, at the beginning of the the year at Woodbine, and basically two big wins, and then uh, came back came in second here, uh, two back on the grade two. And then uh, bring him over to Saratoga, and obviously Joel Rosario on it didn't have a really great run, Weird. coincidentally. But it did get bumped. It was not. Uh, it got moved out. <laughs> didn't have the best trip, and of course that was also at at five and a half furlongs. So we're going back to six. So I like the stretching back out in distance to six. This is exactly what this horse needs. It has run good on turf. Uh, this would be my top choice. And I will tell you that uh, Kazushi Kimura three times on uh, two wins and just that barely uh, missing out two back uh the six furlongs really the distance is the big thing i think that's going to help tremendously on a horse that's really in good forming condition wasn't that far off um just barely off of the lead in that last race just kind of a bad run yeah that's uh that's a good pick kazushi kimura too has been having a a great meet out at woodbine he's been solid for a while i think he's now he's getting the recognition yeah so i mean he's actually got a really cool story too if you actually look into it and and you just you know research him or whatever but him at uh at Woodbine, he's just kind of a cool little story, and I mean, he's he's definitely progressed over the years, and now mm-hmm. he's a he's a true true uh, true beat on the front. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Good but, friend of Declan's too. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, with that being said, I don't want to go chalk chalk here, so I'll leave that for stats to go ahead and let us know. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that for stats. <laughs> I'll let him. I'll let him corner himself with here because I do actually like a price here. I like the eleven, chasing Artie, um, hmm. Safi Joseph, and Edgar Zayas. This horse is very interesting to me because it hasn't really shown a lot at the distance, right? The last time it ran six furlongs was in the Jaipur. It was a grade one on the turf. Joel Rosario got the mount, came in 13th, lost by nine and a half lengths. No, stop. He did not. Yeah. John Velasquez had him in the Jaipur. That's what I said, John Velasquez. Oh, I thought you said, you said Joel Rosario. Oh, man, I, sorry. I got I'm Joel so on the mind. I'm so used to saying it. I, I got Joel <laughs> on the mind, and I was thinking about something prior to it. I have a gripe with Andy Serling, too, that I want to talk about after we're done handicapping. Okay. But anyway, yeah, he's just clouding up my judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, John Velasquez, sorry, got the mound here uh, in the Jaipur, lost by nine and a half lengths at the distance on turf, be it... This horse is showing me something that I haven't seen in a while. This horse ran a 36 and three furlongs. It's the seventh horse out of 48 that worked that day. Back it up to that. He ran a 46, uh, second out of 64 horses. I see Safi Joseph putting a shit ton of speed into this horse. I think that they're going to try to do something a little bit different um, and go to the front and push the fractions like they did all the way back at Gulfstream Park on the turf at five furlongs where Tyler Ridd, uh, rode and this horse is second by length and then just made the move and was able to take the lead and then finish off strong. So I think that's what they're looking for. They want to go all the way back to April 1st. I think that's the type of mount and that's the type of ride that we need to see out of Edgar here. And he's already done it this, this meet already, Joey, you uh, benefited heavily from the Safi Joseph, uh, Edgar Zayas connection here. So I really do like, (laughs) I really do like what I'm seeing here from a training standpoint. And, uh, yeah, you're stepping up in class, but it did run in a grade one. They obviously saw something when it ran the Jaipur, they said, maybe this horse is ready. Obviously that was not the case, but, um, now you're going back into a grade two with way better works to support why you're in this race. So I'm going to take a chance here with the 11. Yeah. You could do a lot worse than taking Chase Nardi. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, obviously, arrest me, Red. It, I mean, it's nine to five to morning favor on paper. It looks very strong. I think he has to be on the ticket. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm taking a good hard look at the horse that I read 
would have run had Arrest Me Red not been on this field, and that's this nine front um, front run the Fed. <clears throat> I'm looking at it. Uh, last time out, mile at a grade one. This horse has done pretty much nothing but stakes and graded stakes races over the last 18 months. Um, has performed well. Um, got beat by Catholic Creed, Regal Glory. Yeah. In the grade one, four-star Dave at Two a mile. Uh, correct. And that was Irad in the mouth there. Um, was in a stakes race at a five-and-a-half furlongs. Was able to come off the pace and close hard down the stretch, which I think if if things hold up, what we've been seeing this week is on these shorter races we've been seeing off the pace come back and win. I think the horse has some late turn of foot and uh, might get a nice, late, nice, nice price on this nine. Yeah. So they, I want to I have him in that ticket, too. They need to keep front run the Fed. You know, in these sprints, they got to stop going back to mm-hmm. these route races. I think it lost a little bit of a step in its five-year-old uh, campaign last year. Was kind of ended on a kind of a downward kind of trend, even though it was running sprints. Yeah, and it didn't like Kentucky Downs uh, the last time it was out on September 11th of last year, and and then just quietly went away um, in a grade one and didn't really make any kind of an effort. And then it comes out this year. And I, I like the fact that, you know, at colonial downs, it goes out and wins a non-graded stakes and it, okay. You ran him in the four star Dave to see what you really had. I think they realize now got to keep it in the sprints, got to keep it in contention where it, yeah, it has to be. So hopefully, uh, you know, Carmori Car- Car- can definitely keep this going in the sprints and the workout last time I was really nice too. So yeah, I think that's great. The, work, to the, the, ticket. the last two works are good. And if we go back to the, to Kentucky downs last time out, yeah, you got beat by Gear Jockey, who was at the peak of its time, right? Yeah, yeah three and a half, three and a, three and a quarter lengths off. That's fine. Um, didn't really do much. Ricardo Santana, I don't think, gave much in, in rewatching the race. But you know, obviously, I think the twelve has to be in there. Um, I like where he has that on the eleven, and then Joe on the five. I think it all makes a lot of sense. I, I like. There's something sneaky about this nine coming off the pace and maybe steal it up. So I think I have the nine in there too. I, I would definitely have I would definitely keep him on the ticket. If I'm going to spread the horizontal, I definitely would have it on there. Just not one you want to leave out. I'd like to see it back on the spread. I think that's the big plus for me. But we'll see what happens. Uh, he also he ran this. Let me just double check here. Yeah. Okay. So he ran the same race two years ago in 2020. Came in second in this race. Hmm. In 2019, yeah, I'm just looking at horses that have run this race before uh, at Kentucky Downs and have been victorious. Uh, totally boss. The 10 has won it, but that was back in 2019. That horse mm-hmm. is in weird form, too. I, it's, it's super weird. Super weird, but anytime we're any seeing any kind of class race or any kind of graded stakes race, we haven't seen anything really convincing since you know July of 2020. So one race in its 2021 campaign there for a six-year-old and then two races so far this year. And that was at an optional claiming 80,000, but just interesting to look at some of the horses that have won. I may have that 10 in the uh, three hole in vertical. Maybe in the four hole in the super. If I play supers. Yeah. If she likes it, I'll definitely play (laughs) it in the fourth spot. That's a guarantee. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we're onto something there. I think, I mean, I think we all can say though, that, the 12 is probably much the best in this field, right? I mean, the 12 is definitely, um, you know, is going to be the chalk, is already the chalk, and probably going right. to, I think, probably going to win the race. You know, it's probably the classiest horse. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Six for six on the money, four wins. Yeah, it should win. Four. Right? It, I mean, it, it should, should win, win. Right? I think it should win. But if you don't, you're going to get a serious price here. It, it should win well, unless Artemis City Limits gets out there. And I mean, I he think can Artemis push. City Limits, though, even if it races, is going to be a favorite. I still think that Resmi Red is going to be much. Oh, Resmi Red is going to yeah. be the favorite. That's yeah. not a doubt. But if Artemis City Limits can go out there and set some fractions, it, he may keep Resmi Red more honest here near the front end where maybe he does weaken and one of these horses we just talked about just kind of closes out late. Like I said, sprints. Well, and here's here's the crazy part, right? A year ago, you could you couldn't talk me off the two. You couldn't talk me off two. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Chewing chewing gum runs into a resume red and loses every time, and they run the same exact race every single time. Chewing gum chewing gum comes off the pace. We got a turf horse that's Billy Mott and Joel Rosario coming from Candy Ride on the turf in the sprint. Mm-hmm. Like you you could never talk me off of having this two on the ticket. And right now, based on everything that's going on, I, nope, I'm out. Yeah. yeah, the big big thing for me on the two is Rosario. No, oh. <laughs> that's your that's your big oh, thing. Sorry, for me, January first. Uh, when he ran, that was a good track. He wins in a field of seven, wins the grade two Hernandez out in San, uh, Santa Anita. <clears throat> when he gets on a firm track at Woodbine, came in fourth by four lengths in a grade two, and that was with DC. My only problem is this horse only runs really, really good races on off tracks. Go back to June 5th of 21. Good track, six furlongs in the Jaipur, second, closed well. So he needs that cut. He needs that soft cut in the turf and right now you're not you're not getting that this week what do you mean it had a shit ton of rain and it has been hot and it's going to dry out and has dry out and that track dries out way differently than your typical oval i think certain spots do because of uh i'll agree overall there are probably some spots in the undulations that do stay a little more moisture but i'm just saying that he needs a good good turf surface versus firm firm does not run well so i can't wait to be completely disappointed by this too yeah, well, like utterly disappointed by the two. You're not going to be disappointed. You're not going to play them. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've been Rosario right. too many times. I know you have. <laughs> We're going to start losing opportunities to get Joel on here the more you talk about it. Well, you know. that's fine. That I'm going to talk okay. to Ron I'm, this week, and I'm going to talk to Ron this week, and we'll ah, go good. I've got some questions for him. I, I'm sure the public does. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, just our, just already has Louie on that black ball list. Yeah, yeah I mean, we were just adding more so jockeys just, that are never going to come on here. Listen, I don't blame. I, I've. When do you ever hear me? Aside from Luis not taking the picture with me, that's his, that. That's on him. <laughs> that had nothing and, to do with riding. That has nothing to do with riding. But when do you ever see me harp on a jockey for not giving rides? Like nine times, it's just it is what it is. You know, it's like you get, it, it is what it is. I think if right? you ask me, stats back me up on this. When you are. When Joel Rosario, who's had a lot of opportunities, he's won a lot of grade ones and a lot of graded mm-hmm. stakes, whatever it was, 13, 14 at Saratoga graded stakes mm-hmm. races. When you're winning and you're contention that many times, you're winning that many of yep. those races, the ones you lose, everybody expects you to keep winning. And, he and, should have won. Okay, I'm just saying, he gets so many good, solid mounts, decent mounts, top three, top two, yeah, if not be, the best be, in a race. He should be out of He's not going to win them all. Okay, he should. He's, he should. he's not going to win them all. That okay, I understand. Okay, I get what you're so saying. So when but you're in that you're not position, you lo- well, no. What I'm saying is, when you're in that position and you lose, okay, people then you everybody wants to like throw up their hands. Like, what a shit ride! He's given a lot of good rides, a solid rides, amazing rides on on other horses. That horse had so much left. Are we, we're never getting that past horse, this. No, we're never going to get past it. That yeah, horse, we're had, never that, past that horse had so much left coming down the street, like so much left coming down. Like if you give it another. Now, I wouldn't even say give it a, like another thirty feet. That horse is winning by a half length. Got pinned in. I don't put it on the horse. 
It's obviously Joel owns it. It's not like he didn't own it. I don't think he did own it. I think he just. I, I don't. I don't he talked. He, he said, "Yeah." By the time I got out, it was too late. He knew it. Interesting. Right. Uh, but I, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah. I'm, All I'm right. Good. Let's 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 transition into Clement and uh, Rosario <laughs> on the next race. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> now that's the one I can't wait to be utterly disappointed. In. All right, race ten, mile and a half. It is the Grade Two Kentucky Turf Cup Stakes, purse of a million dollars for three year olds and upwards. Like I said, the races keep going on. The harder this this starts to get for me, but I'm gonna take a shot at a price that's probably gonna blow your freaking minds. Anybody gonna take a stab yeah. at who you think I'm going with? The eleven. Blow no. Blow it. No, I I've got two. They're both double digits. I've I'm got gonna, one of those too. Do you really? Do you, I think this is a race where you could get a bomb? Because I I don't want to go. Typical, what we've already talked about from a horse that we know they can definitely, and the distance is going to help. We all know Gafo. We've already said I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that you're taking an outside post that you think can get out to the front and wire. Ooh. No, but I like that strategy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw. That was, that was my shot. I'm going to throw a wicked dart at you here, and I'm going to take uh, who's the star, number nine, Julian Laparu, Mark Cassie, 20 to 1. Uh, <laughs> A couple things I did like specifically. I like the added distance. The horse is continually making the moves I like to see for horses going distance at, at Kentucky Downs is just that strength to continue to drive on. On the ovals, they're going to need that with, like I said, all the ups and downs, the hill coming down, the far turn, all that. And we're going, obviously, you know, a mile and a half here. So this horse has had a mile and a quarter, two trips on turf. Scratch out everything underneath it. I don't give a shit about any of those optional claiming 62,000s that you're seeing at Churchill or Keeneland or Tampa or Gulfstream Park. Those were all on dirt. Give me the last two turf mounts. Optional claiming 50,000. Yeah, 77 speed figure. Big deal. Won that in a race of seven. Then come back to the Niagara. $100,000 on a mile and a quarter at Woodbine. Win that one with Emma Jane Wilson from far back. I mean, it was sitting almost basically dead last at 10 lengths, 12 lengths at the break and at the first call. Now the horse makes up considerable ground. And like I said, is a horse that definitely is in contention for making that late move. And I like Julian Laparu on closers. I don't like him in the mix early. I don't like him on front runners. I think he rates better from the back and he knows when to pull the trigger. So I'm going to take a 20 to one shot. Who's the star to win this race? Kid shocked. Yeah, I was looking at it. Why why don't they have the the race uh like the times for the last time out? Well, I don't know if something happened at the with the earlier yeah, times. They just said the, oh. sometimes <clears throat> if there's a problem at the track, sure. all they have is the finish time. I got you. Got and sometimes you. that is yeah, only by that's a it. hand check, yeah. not even on the computer. I was looking at it because I mean the, the time was significantly faster too. It was yeah. like two minutes compared to the same distance, same race. The speed figure justifies it, right? I mean, yeah, it's a twenty-three to twenty-one point difference from his last speed figure. So, yeah, that's an interesting uh, play. And this horse closed from way downtown. So, interesting. I was just kind of looking. I wanted to see what the the times were on that race because obviously, if there was a huge speed breakdown at the front, then that makes sense. But I, if this horse was like legit was just that, that'd be a true contender. But um, definitely was not counting on that. Uh, being your top pick. I think it's going to be very difficult for me to go against Arklo in this spot. Um, I think Arklo has a very interesting running style. 
you know, because it seems like it's a very tactical horse. They'll sit, you know, two lengths off and they'll sit in seventh or they'll sit in second. Really uh, no consistency to where they put this horse other than it just doesn't like to go to the front. But this horse is ridden in grade twos, grade ones, all across the boards. Brad Cox, Florent Giroux, uh, the horse definitely has the pedigree. It, it has all the makings of a star. It just hasn't really reached that uh, that level ever since, you know, Churchill in May of 21. Yeah. You know, it just really hasn't produced, but I think the potential's there. This horse is running in solid, solid races with good speed figures, and you're getting the Hall of, you know, potential Hall of Famer in Florent Giroux and uh, that strong connection with Brad Cox. I think this horse is one that I'll have to have on the ticket. He's an eighth. And, and Brad's got to choose the right races. Yeah, I mean, for this horse at this point, right? Normally, yeah. normally you'd see him already right. running at least one or two races by late June, early July, yep. second time out this year. So. Sometimes that means that they're just picking the races that are best fit. Yeah, I think at this point. I think that I think that's what you're seeing. Um, again, it's just one of those horses. I, I think that is due number one, and like you said, I mean, Brad's got to pick the right races. I, I trust that Brad Cox is not um, just running a horse to run a horse. You know, I think he's really got a good spot yeah. for this horse, and it's a grade two. You know, you don't throw a horse into a grade two, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't think he has a good chance of winning, so I. I think that this is, like I said, one that I have to have on the ticket. Four times the Kentucky Downs, two wins, two seconds. So, mm-hmm. horse knows the track and can run on it. And you know, I, that's that's an interesting pick as well. Uh, second last time yep. uh, in the same race. I mean, it's had four trips over Kentucky Downs, <laughs> one twice, and hit the board or hit second place the other two times. So, obviously, yeah. takes the track very well. Like I said, second last year to Rock Emperor. Yeah. So, or I'm sorry, second last year at Kentucky Downs to uh, who was that? Imperador? I don't know. Good luck. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I got to have Arkelo on the ticket. Where you at, Stats? Well, I think we I mean, we got to have Kufo on the ticket. I think no matter what you say about Joel, <laughs> he, he has to be on there, unless you're going to try to hedge against him all the way. Um, for me, I think the interesting horse on the outside to me is the 12 um, highest honors. Yeah. Um, out of Tappet, it's Chad Brown, and it's Red Hot Tyler Gaffione. He This is like racing heaven for him. He's had an impressive ride to close out the day today. Um, but looking at this horse, it just posted its best career speed figure at a buck 11. Um, wasn't good enough to win, but it got beat by uh, Channel Maker and Soldier Riders. Yeah. Um, the, fra- the fractions on it, <clears throat> he, went, he didn't go to the front. He stalked um, the times throughout. Um, obviously Gafoe in that last impressive win, the fractions of the front were faster than what we saw here, but the closing, the closing speed on highest honors at a 227 would have beaten Gafoe by a full second. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, so they burned, they burned out. They went 111 speed figure. They took two months off and now they're going back to turf at a mile and a half and they're going to put Tyler in the reins um, for the first time in the last two months. So Tyler's going to go back to this horse where we've seen him um, pretty much go to the front all except the bumps bump start three races back. But even in that race, he was able to close the, the horse can show to compete, um, can sh- come off the pace and go to the front. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. He tried to t- to see Tyler try to go out and steal this race with his 12. Yeah. He's definitely on my, is one of my top four that I had listed here. And that is one that I'm, I'm more concerned with that. My only concern for highest honor is that he hasn't faced three years old, three year olds, obviously this year. Um, not that there's many in this race to really even to go through. I'm just saying that he's basically four year, four year olds and upwards is most of the races that you're seeing him from. And for this race, it probably fits well because as far as three year olds are concerned, I don't, I don't even know if there is a three year old in this race. I don't believe there is. So just from a class perspective and a field perspective of what he's been running up against previously, the horse can move late. 
the horse got really yep. great fractions late and two times over a mile and a half the last two times out only a length off uh, and you've had Pratt you've had Santana and that was a really bad bubbled start that he had two back in the grade three but um definitely yeah, on the yeah there's table. there's no there's no three-year-olds in here the yeah. only I mean the only four-year-old is is who's the star yeah. everyone else everyone else is five everybody else older. is five or older right yeah this is basically the old timers game right here <laughs> none but old dudes I think the 10 is interesting obviously it's irad I I mean agreed we've talked about loveberry and Chris block and when they get to, when they hook up and ride together and uh irad's getting this mount here for another mystery and another interesting one here non graded six last time out at a mile and a half uh, second by a length and a half and then uh also had Last time out and two times back, uh, that was state bred 75,000. That was a mile at Hawthorne and won that race. Uh, another horse that I'm kind of interested in looking at has the ability to also make up some ground. I did like the time, 227 and one. That was back on April 23rd at Keeneland. That was a 100 speed figure in the Elkhorn second. That was Pratt behind Channel Maker, but uh, good, good be tough. I think Irad is, uh, you know, I love J Love, obviously, but uh, Irad, the way he's been riding. You know, his day at Colonial Downs and the day after that. And he already hit one at yep. Kentucky Downs today, first off. Uh, he's riding well uh, on a horse that's definitely a contender. Moving up. but Yeah, I think he's moving way up in this one. I think Chris Block, I mean, obviously it's turf and it's Chris Block, which that's where he does some damage. Yeah. You know, I think the the jockey with Irad being aboard definitely sells the pick a little bit more, right? Or sells the option for this horse a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would like to see with that horse maybe a little bit more on the graded stakes side right you know i mean it's got a couple great stakes under its belt um but i'd like to see some you know in the the other races that he ran in to see some solid results there too you know yeah i, th- I think the 12 that that stats mentioned and, i think the 12 is probably Gufo are probably but that's probably two of the better ones uh that i think are on the option for the for like the win you know i really do like you know a couple other horses in here like like we mentioned and talked about but i mean it's underneath, a, I think I read's. Yeah, I think underneath. I mean, all day, what, do, what do you see? I read fifteen to one. What do you think he's going to go off at? Maybe seven, eight. He probably. I think he'll still stay double digits. If he stays double digits, I, I like it even more. Yeah. from a price perspective, I agree. Um, I think too with with uh, Tyler taking the twelve. Right, it's a Chad Brown horse. Right, and uh, if you look at the what is it, the three, the three is uh, Mike Maker, like Mike Maker and Tyler team up all the time mm-hmm. and i think it's an interesting it, it sells the 12 a little bit more i think that tyler sees something in this horse and he's willing to just take the chad brown mount over the the business that he already does with mike maker too yeah you know temple I mean? doesn't like kentucky downs no he does it, the horse doesn't kind of, the horse doesn't like that track it's yeah it's over three well i guess it hit the board one time it came in third, third right. right but i mean I, that's an interesting horse too right i mean the horse definitely um like if you go back to Gulfstream on march 5th this year at a mile and three is uh, the horse sat in a perfect position the entire ride. And that was the best, I think that was the best mount that you've seen this horse get in some yeah. time. But then even the next one after that, they go to the Pan American, it posts a 104 speed figure, but still loses the Gufo, Aban, Nova Soul. Like, I mean, it, it just, I think it's a little outclassed in this race. Yeah. But these are the type of races that you see Jose Ortiz win, right? When he's completely counted right. out, when he's got something underneath him, but he's completely counted out in the race. Those are the ones that he goes and surprises. you. So yeah. I, I have a question mark next to it, but I think my top picks are the four, um, four, eight and 12 in this race. And that I'll definitely have to throw in your nine because of the case you just made for it. So, yeah, like I said, there's some options here. The, I think the only thing, just going back to what you were just saying about temple is like, yeah, Jose, 
on this horse, I think is a good option. You know, losing to Adamo last time out in the United Nations grade one, only by a length and a half. Yeah. That's not bad. No. I, I don't I don't understand the 92 buyer or the speed figure that's on there, but I would expect that that to be a little higher in that race uh, for the race that it ran. It yeah. Field of 10. I mean, uh, at a mile and three eighths. And so him and Epic Bromance were neck and neck the whole way down the stretch. And I think um, Epic Bromance got stretched the, out on him. Yeah. Got the better of the head bob or something, but. Yeah, I mean, the grade one finishing third by a length and a half to yeah, Adamo, that's, Adamo that's is pretty solid. But again, I just keep going back to that race before it at Gulfstream Park where you lost to Guffo to a horse in this that we saw what Guffo was capable of, right? Right. But they didn't even come in second. You know, it came in fourth by six and three quarters. I almost think yeah. it's almost too much distance for this horse. I, I, I think you're right. It's probably too much distance. You know, and I just don't like that it doesn't like the track. For some reason, it doesn't run well on those right. inclines or whether it's downhill yeah. or uphill. It's just not comfortable and not getting it full speed at the time it needs to so, or is used to. Because I looked at this horse for a long time and like I saw, okay, at Gulfstream, it came in fourth. It was at a mile and a half. Um, one at a mile and three eighths, which is nice to see and had some success at a mile three eighths last time at Monmouth. But then you go back to a mile and a half again at Gulfstream back in january 29th finished second by two lengths like it just and if you look at the race it just seems like it loses progression sometimes you know it loses yeah. some, of the, some of it down the stretch so i don't know it's, it's just one of those horses that I, I like i said jose when i count him out completely those are the ones he ends up winning <laughs> right. this horse might just go out to the front and then nobody pushes with him and just has too much horse down the stretch and then barely beats out Gafo for a second you know? right so i think uh i'll probably have to throw it in there but yeah um it's just an interesting play interesting take Let's go to the 11th race. Six and a half furlongs is the grade three mint ladies sprint stakes. Purse of $600,000 for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and upwards. I'm going to go beat the favorite here. It's going to be tough. I think that Ired's going to be tough in this race, no matter who you like in this race, you have to compare to obviously Campanelli. Campanelli. I just, yeah. You just have to. But if I'm going to beat it, I'm going to take the five creative credit. This is a stretch for me, obviously 12 to one. Uh, strictly a sprint horse moving up in class, but it's going on four straight wins. The times of where this horse has been at 21 and two and 43 and four, 21 and one 44 and two. This is good. This is the horse is going to go to the front. I don't like they were going six and a half, but we're going to see what this horse is made of. It's finally going to go ahead and break over this five, five and a half furlongs that it's been running for the last two years. The workouts on August 26th, um, that was at Belterra Park, 47-2, and two, best of 15 that day. Horses going to the front. I want to see speed just go out there, wing it, and hold, and hope everybody else just backs off, thinking that they're going to be able to close late. This horse may just get a second, third, fourth, fifth gear and draw away. I'm going to take a price. Like I said, going to be tough to beat Ira and Campanelli, but I'm going to take creative credit. On a horse that I've kind of followed for a while now, and I can't believe that the history of this horse is kind of continuing to move in this direction, um, I was higher on it when it was at Keeneland back in, uh, 2000, uh, in April of uh, 2022. And it was the only disappointing kind of trip that I've gotten from this horse. So I'll, t- I'll take creative credit. Joe, go ahead and you make your next pick here. I'm, uh, I'm doing a little research as we're, as we're talking through things here. So go ahead. Oh, ex- well prepared. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, I'm actually rewatching a race for one of these horses, Dick. um so so for me you know the stance of of speed going to the front joe i i I see what you're saying here what you're saying there i I feel like the 12 is going to try to go to the front and burn out the five almost like repeats of the battles that these two have had over Mm -hmm. and over and over um 
and if and if five or six and a half furlongs, I mean, I, I don't think I can kick the ten off the ticket. I don't think we need to talk about the ten. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for late. I'm looking for late speed. Um, I may be crazy adding uh, the seven. She can't sing in there with the with the block. Love I don't think you are. Pace. I don't think you're crazy uh, at all. I, I, I don't know if she can beat the ten or if he can beat the ten, but uh, there, there's something about this seven with the late speed. And then coming way down distance, it hasn't done, hasn't run a sprint in quite some time. So I think uh, this could be an interesting play at a price um, coming off the pace if if a speed duel happens with the five and twelve. Yeah, we just got done talking about the J Love Chris Block connection. I mean, twenty four percent, twenty four percent on twenty one miles, twenty four percent win fifty seven in the money. Not only just sticking with that combination, but you're talking about a horse that just strictly loves the turf. He has been running the distances of a mile, mile and a 16th, mile and an eighth, and we're dropping down to six and a half furlongs. So I think it's a wise decision to bring this horse in, put it in a sprint where an opportunity where, yeah, Campanella is going to be tough to beat. There's the Campanella is going to be the toughest horse to beat for you, right? That's why it's a morning line, eight to five. Horses yeah. got tremendous class, right? I mean, I, it's, don't, it's, yeah. don't even it, have to talk it, about it. It's Wesley Ward. Tough. Yeah. Don't even have to talk about it. We know it's, that that's going to be the chalk. Yep. Yeah. I love I love the I love the works on the seven as well. Going back to last two, I would have liked to have seen a better performance at the mile and sixteenth. But going back to the the six and a half, I think it's probably a better sweet spot for what they're trying to do with this horse. Agreed. Yeah. I uh, so the whole, I was actually watching the Ascot race with. Oh, I thought Campanella. I thought you were watching Warlike Goddess again. <laughs> no, that's a, <laughs> that, that race is on loop in my head constantly. So it's a loop replay. <laughs> He's been living in my brain rent free for the last uh, two weeks here, a week and a half. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the race with uh, in Royal Ascot, the Platinum Jubilee with Campanelli, and I just don't know if I see any horse beating Campanelli in this spot. I think Wesley Ward. I know. I know. Uh, has trained this horse very well. Um, and this horse just missed out last time. It lost on a, on a near perfect trip. And if you watch the race, um, that horse that won, it was, it, it was just, it was a great race overall. And he tied for third. So, um, I, I just don't know in this spot and the, it dropping down here, um, in class quite a bit. I don't know if anybody's going to beat it. It's probably going to be a single on the ticket for me. Um, just looking at everybody. It's hard. To, it, it's, it's hard for me to argue with it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't tell you any other horse that I can really make too much of a case for because of just how, how strong of opinions I have for Campanelli in this spot. So I think I'll just have to single the 10 here and call it a day. I I think you're a thousand percent right. It's on the ticket that we'll post on Twitter. The 10 will be the play. Everything else we talked about will be in the spread section. uh, If you're trying to go outside of the favorite and, and listen, stranger things have happened. I have no idea. Like this is a horse should definitely be strong, should definitely right. be the winner. But we always have to take a look outside of the possibilities yeah. of it not hitting the board. Right. As crazy as that sounds, uh, and that's why we take the picks outside of that because Campanella is the obvious favorite. Yeah, it's and I think I think I, if you I, get eight to five, it's a gift. I think. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I think you're right. I think it's a single or or if, if you're not going to single it. You almost take all and kick them out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's either, yeah, it's you draw a line in the right. sand. Either you're going to go with a hard, strong, yes, this horse is going to win, or I'm going to go completely against it and hope a bomb hits. Mm-hmm. But Correct. I think. Because if, 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 if you look at two other horses in here, if you look at Star Divine, Star Divine and Campanelli seem to lock horns quite frequently. Mm-hmm. They like to go one, two. And then I don't, I don't think Jouster is a slouch either. Nope. No. Um, but I, I agree. I think I think ten is probably the single. I, I get yeah. a little, I get a little, I get a little misty for Love <laughs> and uh, Chris Block together. But. Yeah, but again, it's Kentucky Downs. 
this is where prices hit. This is where the unexpected happens. This is where what should happen doesn't happen. And it'll be interesting. It'll be a ra- This is one race I would definitely want to want to watch to see how Campanella runs. And if it's just exactly like we thought, it should be pretty easy. Um, but if for some reason it doesn't take to the surface and doesn't do well, then it's going to be bombs. Yeah. And I like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be the single for me. I think it's without a doubt. I think, I think Campanelli is going to be the single, but like, I, I do really think that, you know, she can't sing has a solid shot with J love and Chris block. I also like LZ. I think LZ has a good shot. Chris Hartman and Mitchell Merrill teaming up. Um, if that horse goes back into the form, it was in back in March, mm-hmm. you know, that, that horse would win in at a pretty solid clip for a while there. Um, and Mitch is the only horse that's ridden that horse. So it says something a little bit there too. So I think underneath those are the horses that'll be playing, um, for maybe a price. I think, yeah, Jouster, I just don't think has enough to beat Campanelli, but definitely could see it underneath. Um, and same, thing, yeah. same thing with the one with base storm. I think that even though it's one last two times out, not very classy, um, first exposure to a race like this, a graded stakes race like this, but you're getting Tyler Gaffleone who's riding red hot. So I think underneath stuff, it might be a, you know, uh, an option. Yeah. I love, uh, bet Mitch get rich, but yeah. I think LZ, unfortunately for me, at least I'm just, I'm going to have to fade that one just for the simple fact that the distance is screaming that it's not going to perform well at six and a half. Yeah. It's only really, I mean, five even and at half the times, like, bread, just looking at the butter. times, if it's trying to keep up where yeah. the speed's going to be at, that we talked about outside Campanelle, like anybody else that we've talked about that we think is possible to maybe run away, still going to be blown away and going to be fading yeah. before those horses start to tire. So sure. that's why, that's why I threw LZ out, but yeah, I think, I think everybody's only. playing for second in this race. Absolutely. Let's go to the 12th, wrap this thing up. Six and a half furlongs is the grade two Franklin Simpson. Purse of $600,000 uh, for three-year-olds. Now I'm going to give you the irritating one. This is definitely my, maybe my single big invasion, Joel Rosario, Christophe Clement. Let's go <laughs> ahead and wrap it up. Let's go ahead and have some controversy on this one. Looking for seven in a row. Horse is a beast. Is going to continually be coming off the pace as one at Gulfstream Park, Churchill Downs, Belmont, Saratoga, Put KY Downs. This is going to be the chalkiest of the pick five. So whatever we have before there, hopefully it's some bombs. Some of these big ones come through because this is the one for me that's going to go ahead and clean it all up and wrap it up for the day. If Joel doesn't win this race, I'll be on the kid's side bitching about his ride next week. So tune in. So I'm going to take big invasion. I was going to say, hopefully uh, Joel doesn't put this horse dead last, but that's what <laughs> this horse rail. loves to do anyway. So right. it's like, so it actually fits very well to last uh, on the rail. Yeah. yeah. It fits to <laughs> style stylistically. It looks good. Um, I think big invasion is going to be very difficult to beat. I think that's definitely the best horse. Um, we'll definitely have to be on the ticket. I don't know if I could single it. Um, there are two other horses that I like a little bit more. One of them being the horse right to its inside all in sync with Brian Hernandez Ooh. teaming up with Steve Asmussen. Uh, this horse last two times um, has just gotten the right head bob in some decently priced races. They're not graded stakes races. They're not uh, anything crazy, but um, I'll take, you know, a first time stakes win here with Brian Hernandez teaming up with Steve Asmussen. And uh, I think if, if Joel's in form, he's going to be scary to beat. But if we see Joel do some things we've seen at Saratoga, I think you could see a little bit of an upset here. So, um, I'll take it with a price. And I, I like the way Brian Hernandez has been riding the workout suggests this horse is in pretty solid form with that last one at Ellis park, uh, a minute. And that was the second horse out of 29 that trained. So I think that this horse has got everything it kind of needs to at least make a splash. Maybe, maybe not win, but definitely hit underneath too. So I'll take a chance with that one. Solid stats were yet. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get away from big invasion. It could be, a, it could be a key for me. But I'm also eyeing up um, 
a little revenge here out of this fan <laughs> asymmetric. Wesley Ward and Ired, we looked two races back. The two of them locked horns at Belmont on the 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, Ired just opened the throttle. He just he just let him go. They were out. You're in a 21.87 and a 45. Absolutely flying. Didn't need it. If we rate, I think he wins because big invasion close like he likes to do um, down the stretch. So I think I read second time out, maybe able to rate this, and we're coming back down a half furlong from that race. So shorting down, I think, may, may be helpful for this 10, um, being able to get to the front wire field. Yeah. That's good. That's good so, insight there. It may, be, it may be a 6.10 for me. Did you guys look at the 9 at all? I did look at the nine. Uh, coming off of three straight, um, has won five of its seven races, or eight, five of its eight races that it's run. Uh, Florent Giroux last two times, one by two and three quarters, almost four, or almost three lengths, and then the, the most previous start, um, almost by two lengths. Yeah. You know, so definitely likes the turf, um, stepping up in class each time. Yeah. Running better speed figures. Uh, not anything compared to like the eight or the six, but still running decent speed figures that you could possibly see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Class was the only concern I had with yeah. the nine. That's really it. So yep. that's why I was on the fence here for me. I think the seven run Curtis run moved up to a grade three, ran pretty well for us, uh, Mike maker and uh, Ricardo Santana. So I think that one's been right there with big invasion uh, twice his run against his horse and had the lead briefly three back in a $200,000 non-graded stakes race. And then, you know, just lost to it last time up by two and uh, two and three quarters of lengths yep. at Saratoga. Sumter, uh, the big question on the eight for me is how is this horse going to ship? It's first time shipping, leaving California. And it was, you know, August 27th, it was still in Del Mar, no published work. So that one sitting at 92 with John Velasquez for Richard Mandela, kind of a concern only because I just know how this horse is going to ship. But the big one for me was the 12 one timer. E.T. Bear comes in for one race for Larry Ravelli. And honestly, you know, if you take out the three, out of the three races, if you take the last one out and the first one out, which were both off the turf. If you just take both of those out, you can leave the one, I guess, on the synthetic if you wanted to on the non-graded $100,000. But July 17th, the one time on the turf, five and a half furlongs, 102 and two, not a bad time. Uh, second by three lengths was the odds on favorite, got beat. Really came back to run a, a horrible race at a mile on the 16th, if you ask me. But they go out there early and try to steal the race, which was his only shot. And now it's got a legitimate chance, possibly underneath with one-timer E.T. Baird. They should run this horse at Turfway. God, they should run them at Arlington. Oh shit, no, it's closed. <laughs> no, it's the new Bear Stadium. Um, <laughs> Damn it, I hate it here. <laughs> the one place that you used to love, Joe, is now the pride of uh, what is going to be the Chicago Bears. Oh yeah. Um, so what's what's actually really ironic about that is I had a meet, I had meetings all week in Chicago, and I was on the way up, way home today. And they still had the fucking sign on the freeway. Oh. They still have the sign Isn't that says they... <laughs> Arlington Racetrack next right. Isn't that the big fuck you yeah. right there? Oh yeah, hey, dude, really? Yeah. Why don't you just turn that knife a little bit more there, Arlington? Well, CDI, I think it's Bears. But yeah, but I think either we're going to be very dialed in on this pick five, or we're going to be completely off on every pick. Like it's or, just been so or, wild. Or, 
Or it's going to be Todd Pletcher and Tyler Gaffleone on the two saying, fuck all of you. I think we just basically got the compliment sandwich going in every race. Like we talked about, briefly talked about the favorites that looked like they should win easy, but we really had more time talking about the ones that could probably upset. Yeah. That made more sense. Yeah. I think it, I think that's the way you should go about the card because Kentucky Downs, as we've seen all meet, has been nothing but balloons. And you don't have to play tries for $2 or $3 to get paid. 50 cent tries to get you there. Yeah. You play a 50 cent try with like a decent price on top. Yeah. It doesn't matter after that. Been it's there. Just, yeah, it's just bombs away yeah. after that. So, well, like we told Elio, we, we we don't play yeah. horizontal pick five when it comes to the Kentucky <laughs> Downs. We are going to put one out there, but honestly, you might just take the picks and just play the verticals. You probably get paid a lot. You better. can even play a dollars exactas and you, like just play the one horse that you love with yeah. all, and you could potentially win one hundred and thirty bucks, one hundred fifty bucks on some yeah. craziness because it's a crapshoot for a second. <laughs> It's so wild. Uh, the question I was going to, or I was thinking about before, um, yeah, back to a little bit about Joel, but um, Andy Serling said that he, he thought Joel was the best turf rider he's ever seen. Do you think that's true? No. What about you, Stan? Maybe he's never seen a lot of other jockeys. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's the fact that, the, <laughs> or maybe it's the fact that the one that actually is the best that I've seen hasn't blocked on Twitter, but that could be it. That's probably what it is. Too. Yeah. Joel hasn't blocked him yeah. yet. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it's tough. Just the recency bias always clouds it. Like if yeah. you take the whole body of work, uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, I, you know, the, the conversation about Irad being the best perk writer on the planet right now. That's what I'm thinking too. Is that is is that still true? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, <clears throat> I found it extremely comical when he's just like, yeah, Joel's the best turf writer. And then he has a, you know, couple of questionable amounts here and there. And granted, you know, everybody goes in slumps, whatever. But I, I still think Irad, hands down, is the best turf writer. And I would even say Flavian is yeah. one of my, you know. Flavian's one of my favorite turf writers because yeah. he, he gets just wants some money from California. Yeah. But um, and that I just I was interesting. I feel like, you know, we, we've talked about this before. As soon as we get out of Saratoga and we go to a, a turf, Every, turf race only what a gaff start on sunday yeah what do you go win second win win second or something stupid? yeah 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 three win three or four win three well, win day i think it's off. a crazy thing too right as soon as like i forget who it was i was posting on but it's like as soon as tyler gets on the kentucky bluegrass it's just like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't it's like a dude it's a new jockey yeah. you know he just turns on the lights and he's like i'm in kentucky again i'm back here doing my thing and he yeah, just keenland he just Churchill. goes yeah he just goes to work every yeah. single time so it's like Maybe it is the style of the type of grass that they put down. I don't know, but um, I, I think it's. I think for him, there's more of a mental block when he goes there. For some reason, he just has more confidence when he's in Kentucky. Yeah, than he does I mean, when he's, he's in New York. Absolutely owned Kentucky racing for so long. And New York's still you know? the toughest colony. I don't care what you say. California's got some great co- jockey colony, but yeah. New York this year, Saratoga, that was the toughest yeah. jockey colony. That oh, for sure, without a doubt, that yeah. I've seen in a long time. It's like he gets uh he gets like that. You know that that boat of confidence as soon as he gets back in the state of Kentucky, yeah. where he's just like, "You got to beat me. I don't. You, I don't have to beat you. You have to beat me." Kind of, right. thing, you know. That's how I think Irad is when he gets to New York. He's like, "You have to beat me." To it's like home field advantage. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I just found it comical. I was like, mm, I don't know if I agree what, with that statement 100. percent But yeah. what what I'm what I'm hoping for is that Joel's kind of cold streak with Kristoff goes for a little bit longer and everyone runs away <laughs> and, then, and then we can start getting some prices again in the fall i think joel's following uh costanza's dad there oh, i stopped short <laughs> i stopped short that's my move that's joel's move now maybe maybe andy's point is that joel's so good that he's intentionally throwing races because he's bored. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> let's. You know what? I, I'm so much better than everybody. I'm gonna try to win twenty lengths off. 
at the quarter pole. I'm gonna try with winning. The best horse. <laughs> I'm gonna try winning away with this horse that has never won before. That's how good I am. This horse likes to go to the front. I'm gonna take it from dead last and win. Oh, this horse loves to close. I'm gonna put it on the front end and try to win. Did you guys see that someone posted uh, on Twitter? Horse racing is rigged, and two jockeys liked it. Oh really? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, that was probably a, a comical. You're an idiot. Like, oh. like I love it. Yeah, but that's the fucked up part. Is that liking is either that you like it or it's you know how oh, do you take that? True. How do you take that heart? <laughs> how do you take that heart? So stupid. Fucking Twitter. Like I said, I don't usually blame the jockeys, but that that ride will haunt me for a little bit. Yeah, it's gonna stick in my craw a little bit. I, I know it still is. You know. Oh, another good week, boys. Solid another week. Miss you, dude. Yeah, here's, yeah. here's hoping I I stay COVID free. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You still can't taste or smell. Yeah, I was gonna say you, all <laughs> you, you have to do is based off your taste and smell, but you still <laughs> still hinder it from this time. I'm glad I'm glad my life of misery can bring you guys such joy. Do uh, do people like stare at you in like certain meetings, like because you can't tell you smell in meetings? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the uh, the annoying habit I've I've developed is asking people all the time, like, do I smell? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> How's my breath? How's my body odor? Like. Or you can it's act, terrifying. Or you can let one rip and just yeah. be like somebody be like, Do you smell something? Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I can't, I, don't. Smell, I can't smell anything. <laughs> hey, how about how about this? How about on Tuesday when Mila accidentally turned our stove on? Oh no. Oh, was she lighting a smoke? <laughs> ripping ripping heaters. Rip heater. No, she just bumped she just she just bumped it and there was gas. I couldn't oh, smell, you it. smell it. Oh. Well luckily you're quitting smoking. You could have fucking blown the place up. <laughs> <laughs> little candlelight dinner. In the house. I'm, not, I'm not a savage. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on that big uh, ashtray with a thousand butts in it. <laughs> you guys are dicks. You're, you know what? I love you guys, but the podcast is over for the week. You are now my sworn enemy for the next 72 hours. Yeah. Play those two kickers. Yeah. No, it works. Good luck with that. <laughs> Play Thanks that extra kicker. Tune in next week. Special guest, Andy Camper, coming on next week. We'll have that posted out on Twitter. You'll see it. Take care, guys. Show me your trophy case. <laughs> <laughs>